Hi guys, welcome back to Strange State. I am super excited. This is the second episode again. Um, excuse any barking you may hear in the background. My dog is losing her mind today. Um, I think she's a little over me being glued to my computer, but how could I not be? This case is so interesting. Um, it is one that happened closer to my hometown. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this. I've been working on it for a little while and it's one that I've definitely always wanted to do. So I hope that you guys really enjoy it. So our story takes place in Baldhead Island. It is an isolated community off the coast of North Carolina. It's considered an exclusive resort community as there are no cars allowed on the island, with the main form of transportation being exclusively by golf cart. This island is full of what you might call old money. They're air quotes again. Um, so it's large houses, quiet beaches, and small businesses make up the entirety of the landscape here on Baldhead Island. Um, it was a known refuge for famous pirate Edward Teach or Blackbeard back in the days of pillaging and rummaging and treasures. And he, um, the Queen Anne's Revenge is actually supposedly sunk right outside of Baldhead Island. They have pulled up some of her anchors. There are a lot of historical markers around Baldhead Island that explain the stories of that. Um, with such a picturesque landscape, it also movies like The Weekend at Bernie's was filmed here. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Um, I know lots of people who take vacations there. Um, I've known people who have worked on the island. It is very exclusive, but very beautiful and very rich. <laughs> so any self-respecting island is not complete without its very own lighthouse, and the one on Baldhead Island is pretty famous. It is affectionately called Old Baldy by locals and tourists alike, and it is actually the oldest lighthouse in North Carolina. So it's called Old Baldy because of the outside stucco. It originally had brick and then a layer of stucco on the outside and then as the years progressed some of the stucco has fallen off and people have replaced it with new stucco that doesn't exactly match so it looks kind of weird and like it's balding and yep that's how it's got it how it got its name. This history here of Blackbeard, of Weekend at Bernie's, of Old Baldy is a history that the locals of Baldhead Island are very proud of. It is a history that is listed on markers all around the island. The island itself is almost like a historical site. But there's also a past that the residents don't want to talk about. Um, and one marker that is absolutely missing around the white picket fence that surrounds Old Baldy. No one on the island wants to talk about the mysterious death of Davina Buff Jones. So Davina D, as she was known by her family, was the middle child of Loy and Harriet Buff. The family was originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and owned the Peddler Steakhouse, where Davina and her two sisters worked after school. Here, she came into her own, being known for her big grin and outgoing personality. The steakhouse was a popular spot for local celebrities, being in Charlotte. She served NASCAR drivers, and also being from North Carolina, um, she served the UNC basketball team at one time. That actually did include Michael Jordan, which is 
a really cool thing us North Carolinians like to brag about. Davina wasn't known to fawn over these celebrity type people. She treated them just as she would everybody else. She chatted them up. They were normal humans to her. Her mother said she had the gift of gab and could talk to anyone about anything. And that was part of Davina's charm. She did struggle some in her childhood, and she was known as the quintessential middle child. She always felt like she had to do something to get her parents' attention and to set herself apart from her sister. At the age of eight years old, she actually tied a belt around her neck and just sat on the bed doing nothing, not, you know, trying to choke herself. She didn't tighten it. She didn't tie it to anything. She just sat there. Later in high school, she was having a moment and took a mass of Tylenol and ended up having to actually be taken to the hospital and have her stomach pumped. Um, there was no real trigger for this that we know of. We all know how middle schoolers and how high schoolers can be everything is just the end of the world and nothing is going to fix it. Nothing's ever going to get better. So I think we all can kind of identify with her in this way. Um, later in life, she recovered from two failed ma marriages and she just wanted to figure out her place in the world. She was known as a tomboy. She didn't care about making waves. She was known to smoke, curse, spit. She always spoke her mind and she was charged actually with simple assault at the age of 30 for spitting on her then-husband's baby mama because of an altercation they had. Um, she was going to protect whatever she had at all costs, and she really loved her family. She had two Australian shepherds that she was absolutely devoted to. Their names were Lord Adam and Precious Queen, and everybody who knew her knew that she would not do anything to bring harm to these babies. They were her babies and she would take care of them um, they were really her family she did decide that she needed a change after those two failed marriages and a little more structure in her life so she decided to try her hand at something different and she applied for basic law enforcement training and she got accepted after graduating from BLET, she found a job on Baldhead Island, an island close to Oak Island, which is where her parents lived at the time, and she decided to start her law enforcement career in the quiet town in January of 1999. Island life was pretty rough on Davina. She quickly gained a reputation for respecting the law to a fault. Her parents raised her with a very strong sense of morals and right and wrong, and she did not believe that anyone, no matter how much money or power they had, was above that law. It quickly got in the way of the carefree lifestyle that many of these Baldhead Island families had grown accustomed to. They were used to their money getting them out of things. They were used to smiling to the police officers and them just letting them go with a warning. And that is not something that Davina was going to do. This is a town where there were no cars. So people drove their golf carts. They drove it under the influence. Um, they would get their underage children to drive their golf carts and drive them home. And they would their children would drink and, and get into trouble, and Davina wouldn't stand for that. To her, the law was black and white. It was right and wrong. There was no other question about it. 
this is what made her so good at her job, but so bad at her job at the same time in the location that she worked. Her feelings on the law didn't earn her brownie points with her fellow first responders either. At the time of her death, she had actually filed a sexual harassment complaint against a local EMS worker that she had claimed groped her while out on a rescue call while they were just trying to do their jobs. So this is something that I think really speaks to Davina's character. She was not going to let this go under the rug. This was something that was very important to her, and she wanted people to know how she felt about it. She was becoming increasingly frustrated with the way things were handled and done on Baldhead Island and was actively looking for a different job at the time. Uh, so on the night of October the 22nd, 1999, Davina Jones rode across from the mainland on the ferry for her 6.30 p.m. shift. She was partnered at the time with Officer Keith Kane, and while on a lunch break, while the two were on a lunch break, a call from the River Pilot Cafe came through. Someone at the River Pilot was concerned about a missing golf cart. After deliberation, they decided they were just going to take the two cars. Kane was going to take his blazer, and Jones was going to take her Ford Ranger. Um, Davina was 4'11" and feisty, uh, but she could only drive the Ford Ranger because of her height, so that was her car. <laughs> On the way to the restaurant, they passed by Old Baldy, and Davina noted that there was a golf cart sitting outside there with no visible owner, which was not necessarily weird, but just something that caught her attention. When they arrived at the cafe, no one knew who made the call. Somebody made a call to the police and nobody knew who made it, why they called, what what happened. Um, there was no golf cart that was seemingly missing from the River Pilot. And so Davina and Kane took down some information. They were a little irritated, but they decided to go back to the lighthouse and see if the abandoned golf cart was still there and see who it belonged to. So when they arrived, they made a note of the registration number and headed back to the station to finish their dinner. Upon returning to the station, Officer Kane returned to his meal while Davina was talking to him about updating her resume and talking to Kane about possible new jobs and kind of how excited she was about it. Um, I will note that in the investigation, her computer was never searched to see what she was looking at or what she may have written or anything that night before her death. Um, after a while, Davina was feeling really antsy, kind of bored, boring night on Bald Head, and told Kane she was just going to go for a drive around the island, check up on the golf cart, see if it was still sitting there, and just, you know, do her rounds. Very normal thing for her to do. It was seemingly a very quiet night on Baldhead Island. So she leaves. Officer Kane is finishing up his meal, doing some paperwork, just kind of killing time. And then the radio crackles to life. And he heard Davina's voice. She called out to dispatch and said, show me out with three. This means that she was going to get out of her car to approach three unknown suspects at the time. Uh, this is super important and super interesting. Upon hearing this over the radio, Kane hopped into action um, to give D backup because they were the only officers on the island. 411 woman out with three unknown suspects, could be three teenagers, could be three women, could be three men. 
We don't know. Just three suspects. Um, so he wanted to head right to her to give her any backup she may need. The radio crackles to life again. And he hears her say, hey, there's no reason to have a gun on Baldhead Island. Come on, put the gun down. A minute later, there are some words that you can't quite make out. And then some really intense feedback on the radio. And then it all goes silent. Officer Kane is in full attack mode. He rushes to his car. He is driving straight to where Davina could be. He touches in with dispatch to see if he may have missed um, Davina saying where she was located. They said they have no idea. She never um, let them know her location. And so he's unaware where to find her. Luckily, they are on an island. So he doesn't have a lot of ground to cover. And he remembers the golf cart. So he decides to drive past Old Baldy to see if Davina decided to check out and see if that golf cart was there again. Immediately as he passed Old Baldy, he saw headlights. When he got there, the ranger's engine was still on, but Davina was nowhere in sight. In full police mode, he searched his surroundings, noticing that the lighthouse door was open. Upon searching the ranger, he found her flashlight still on, sitting inside of her truck, which to him seemed really weird. This is not something that Davina would have done. She would have always taken her flashlight out with her. Remember, it is also the middle of the night, so she would have needed that flashlight to, you know, see possibly. Um, so he just thought this was really strange. Noticing a pile of trash as he was walking around, he approached it and it was near the white picket fence. He actually found his partner lying on her stomach with her head turned to the left. Uh, he rushed over to her and immediately checked for a pulse and didn't find one. And he also noticed she wasn't breathing and there was blood around her. He went back to his truck to call for backup and medical assistance. And this is where it starts to get fishy. Fire and EMS Chief Kent Brown responded to the call. Great. Bringing his wife with him. I'm not a police officer. I don't know anything about police. Um, but that's weird. I've never, especially if they were home, asleep in bed, or anything like that. Like, why don't you just leave your wife at home? Leave her in bed. It's just strange. I don't know. Upon arriving, Officer Kane informed him that there were no vitals. Brown didn't seem to be in a hurry, and he did not verify this, but instead called paramedics, who also were stated to not check for vitals. Um, okay, no. That's not how you treat a body. You need to make sure that there's no life-saving procedures that can be done, especially the body of a police officer who, on quiet Baldhead Island, just ended up dead. Just nothing? You're not going to check for anything? Mm, I digress. They immediately moved her body in the ambulance and drove her down to the marina. Later, Kane would say that when he saw Davina's gun, which was determined to be the weapon of choice, it was lying underneath her right hand, and she was right-handed. Unfortunately, Kane was concerned about this being an active shooter situation because he had no idea what was going on. So he moved the gun and placed it on the ground next to his vehicle. And when Chief Brown found the gun, he placed it inside of Kane's blazer. Also not okay. If you've watched Law & Order... CSI. Don't 
touch the possible murder weapon. Officer Kane, I understand he was afraid that it was going to be a danger to his life or someone else's. So it was something he needed to worry about, and I totally get that. But why put it inside of the the officer's car after you found it, Chief freaking Brown? Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> At the time of her death, Karen Grasty was the chief of police for Baldhead Island. She was out on leave at the time, but was notified of the incident, and immediately she went there to head up the investigation. When she got to the ferry dock, she was greeted by the Brunswick County Sheriff himself, Ronald Hewitt, also known as Hollywood Hewitt, and was informed that Dee was sitting on the ferry dock. She went to check her out and noticed that she was completely uncovered, out in the open, and her hands were not bagged as part of evidence collection. So again, if you are a true crime fanatic and you've watched CSI and you've watched Law & Order, you know that they put bags around people's hands so that the evidence cannot be tainted. Um, you need to check underneath her fingernails. You need to check for gunshot residue. You need to check all these things out. And those things were not taken care of. Chief Grasty ordered immediately that the crime scene be expanded to the roads that lead down away from Baldhead Island to the marina and uh, to the road that led to a cul-de-sac. She was really passionate about this. This is what she wanted done so she could make sure this investigation went off without a hitch. And little, little to say, it just it wasn't done. Um, it was this very small area just where Davina's body was found. That's, that was their crime scene. Again, air quotes, you can't see them, but they're there. They are so implied. Let's talk about this crime scene, okay? For one thing, Chief Grasty had to leave it to go do a press conference on the situation and wanted all the evidence to be collected. Here was some evidence that she saw before she left. Um, there were drag marks leading from the pool of blood to the back of the ranger, and even some blood spatter was found along the drag marks. It is noted there was no blood spatter analysis done. They're not even completely sure if this was Davina's blood or someone else's, but nobody knows. And upon returning from the press conference, Chief Grasty saw something so heinous, I can't even imagine it. They had ordered the Baldhead Island Fire Department to come on site, and they were literally hosing down the crime scene, removing all evidence, blood, fingerprints, gunshot residue, other tire tracks, footprints, anything. They sprayed it all down with, with high-pressure water and just left it, left it as is. Chief Grasty was informed that there was a wedding that was supposed to take place of a very prominent family on the island in that location on that day, and they didn't think the family should have to see that. Okay, that is a good reason. You're right. The family should not have to see the evidence of a crime scene of an officer who died while protecting them, while making sure that this wedding could happen. You're right. Sorry. It's okay. So some of the evidence we did have, uh, swabs for gunshot residue were taken from the hands of Davina, 
Officer Kane and three unidentified individuals that docked a boat in Fort Fisher without lights on around the time of the crime. No gunshot residue was found on any of the swabs, which I find to be odd, but again, it can happen. You can wear gloves. You can do all those sorts of things. Um, later on, Chief Grassy was actually told by the DA at the time, Rex Gore, that these three men were good Christian men and didn't, they didn't need to be investigated as suspects. So that's why they weren't pursued anymore. Davina was swabbed more thoroughly. Her police radio, the back of her fingerless gloves she was wearing, fingerless gloves, and her clothes. Some particles were found on the back of the right-hand glove, but being an officer of the law, um, she went to shooting ranges, and she wore those gloves at shooting ranges, and somebody just doesn't wash their their fingerless gloves. Um, so it was decided that that was inconclusive because of those circumstances. The right knee of her pants were scuffed, and there was an unknown material found in the fabric around the scuff. They hypothesized that it could have been just some gravel pieces, some dirt. But the most interesting thing of all, of all the evidence they decided to keep, there were no fingerprints on the gun. None. So, both the gun and the body were removed before they could even be photographed in their original location, so that was deemed as kind of unusable evidence as well. Her cause of death was found to be a gunshot wound, to the back of her head at the bottom of her skull with a bullet trajectory that was upward and slightly to the left with her own service weapon. DA Rex Gore at the time declared that this was a suicide. I'm pausing for dramatic effect. I want everybody to take those words in. This was declared a suicide. The family when they were told, were of course shocked and devastated, but immediately disagreed with the ruling of suicide. It was discovered during the investigation that Davina was being treated for depression, but her doctor at the time said that suicide would have been very unlikely. She didn't have those ide ideation thoughts that are usually attributed to people who commit suicide. She was still very positive about her future. She just had a hormone imbalance like everyone else that has depression and it was something that was being treated she was on medication for that depression and was taking that medication regularly when returning to Davina's home her dad Loy also found a list of things Davina had made to do the day after her death she was known to make lists she wrote down everything um, there was no diary or anything that said she was having these type of thoughts and her father thought it was kind of odd that she would make a list about what to do the day after her death if she was planning an elaborate suicide. Um, her dogs, who were her whole life, as I said before, were left abandoned at home. And many witnesses say that the day she died, Davina was in a good mood, good spirits, planning for her future, looking for a new job. She wasn't going to let Bald Head Island hold her back. It is also noteworthy that weeks before her death, she was talking to her family and a couple of close friends about the possibility of investigating a drug smuggling operation on Baldhead Island. 
Uh, she wanted to do something really big to bust these guys because she, like I said before to her, the law was 100% black and white. It was either right or it was wrong. And to her, this drug smuggling operation was very wrong, no matter whose pockets it lined and no matter how much money it made for the town. She was very passionate about her job and wanted everyone involved brought to justice. The family has constantly fought for justice for Davina, bringing it to a commission in 2005 with all the evidence of the lists made and the lack of evidence from the investigation, which is actually where I got a lot of this information to determine if they were even eligible for benefits. So when a police officer dies in the line of duty, there are benefits that go to their next of kin. People hypothesize that she staged this very elaborate ruse of a suicide to look like a murder so that her family would still get the benefits, but her family didn't necessarily need the money. They were retired from their restaurant. They lived on Oak Island, which is also a pretty affluent area, and she didn't have any kids. She didn't have any husband or anything that was getting the money. It was going to her parents and her family, you know, for funeral expenses and things like that, and not something that you would take months and weeks to plan, something so elaborate, just so your family could get some money. It didn't make any sense. The commission did determine that this was most likely not a suicide, but a homicide, and awarded the family $50,000 to be paid directly to her parents. But at the time, the case was not reopened. This is not necessarily what the family wanted. They were not out for the money. They wanted somebody to declare that Davina had not committed suicide because they wanted to clear their daughter's name of this wrongful death. And in 2006, to add to the interesting facts surrounding this case, Ronald Hewitt, the sheriff at the time of Davina's death of Brunswick County, which is the county that Baldhead Island is included in. If you'll remember, he was the one that told Grasty that Davina's body was on the ferry dock uncovered. He was investigated uh, in 2006 by a grand jury after it was alleged that he ordered a detective in his department not to arrest a family member because of the political ramifications that it would have on him. Because sheriffs are elected officials, they do have to run the politics, they do have to campaign, and he didn't want that tainted by this issue that he had with a distant family member. After that, 25 employees were served with subpoenas to testify against him. He actually tried to intimidate these 25 employees and tell them to keep it vague. <laughs> keep their testimonies that you're sworn in on. Keep them vague. Don't lie, just keep them vague. They don't have to know everything I did. Um, he was found that he actually punished some of the staff who did not run back and tell him exactly what they testified to, just really kind of taking it out on them. It was found that he also required some of the staff to do construction and landscape work on his home while they were on the clock for Brunswick County they were doing work on his yard. So if that's not weird, I don't know what is. 
In 2008, he was finally suspended after someone from his office alleged embezzlement, sexual harassment, and extortion against the sheriff, and he served a prison sentence for those crimes and the crimes mentioned before that uh, from November of 2008 to January of 2010. He got out in 2010, tried to keep a low profile, but he was at that point flagged by the feds. He was arrested again in 2014 by the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives for possession of a firearm that had traveled in interstate or foreign commerce after having been convicted of a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year. His girlfriend at the time actually was the one that tipped them off from what I understand and she told him that you know told them that none of the guns were hers they were all his and it was something he was not allowed to have in his home he was arrested and was in the custody of the New Hanover County Jail when he died four days later under very suspicious circumstances there's video of his death Um, I know one of the things they thought was a taser was involved. I couldn't find much more information. I don't think they ever figured out how he died, but he did pass away four days later in July of 2014. Something else that is notable is that the former Brunswick County DA, Rex Gore, was also indicted by a grand jury in 2012 for felonious conspiracy to obtain false pretenses. Him and one of the people working in his office were using travel expenses in an incorrect manner. So they, she racked up $14,000 in travel expenses that the county was having to pay, and this was not okay with them. He did plead guilty and avoided jail time for that charge. In 2013, District Attorney for Brunswick County, John David, declared that Davina's death was not definitively a suicide, but it has not been reopened. So, no real resolution on Davina's death. Her parents are still fighting for her. There is a book written by a family member called Out With Three, and... It's a really good read. You can find it on Amazon. And the family's selling it to really bring awareness to this issue and to the possible corruption of the Bald Head Island Police Department at the time. Obviously, we're not saying that the same thing is still going on. Chief Grasty has always maintained that she believed it was a homicide and that the crime scene was tampered with and the evidence was ruined. So this is something that we really want to bring justice for Davina. I want to say that if anybody has any information out there at all about any of the goings on in the Bald Head Island Police Department, anything weird they might have seen, anything they know about to contact the Brunswick County DA's office, let them know. Let's call them. Let's get Davina's case reopened and reexamined because she really deserves that. All she wanted to do was uphold the law to her fullest capabilities and her life was cut short because of that. So this is obviously in very sweet memory of Davina Buff Jones and whatever may have happened to her that night. 
I will leave that up for you to decide, but I think that there needs to be a better investigation involved. So I am going to say thank you guys so much for sticking with me. It has been so much fun so far to create this podcast for you, and I've really enjoyed it. I love doing this every day. I love researching these cases, and I love bringing them to people who also love them. Um, I do have an Instagram. It is strange state pod. I have an email address at strange state pod at gmail.com. Please email me, uh, DM me, give me some ideas. I want to listen to what you want to hear about. And I really want your feedback on this podcast, because like I said before, I just want to make this something that the people enjoy listening to. Feel free to let me know some things you want to see. I am going to start a Patreon soon, and I want some feedback. Let me know exactly what you want to see in a Patreon, possibly. Again, DM me at that Instagram, strangestatepod at gmail.com. Let me know. I'm here to listen, and I appreciate you guys, and thank you so much.